the Daily Rios for Tuesday, July 24th, 2012. It's feedback for uh, Tuesday. In your satin tights, fighting for your rights, and the old red, white, and blue. Wonder Woman. Happy birthday, Linda Carter. 60. She is 60 today, and still amazing. It was a bit of a Trinity Day today. By that, I mean DC's Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. It's Linda Carter's birthday, as I just said. And it made me realize that that actress, she will always be my Wonder Woman. I mean, those blue eyes, come on, stop it. Stop it already. Then, uh, I just read the past couple hours about how Christian Bale has gone to Aurora, Colorado to visit and... Uh, give something back to the community there for, uh, you know, for a moment. And to many, you have to, you just sort of have to say, well, he is their Batman, right? And what that must have been like to see him there, just trying to ease uh, a bit of what, obviously, they're going through. Maybe it's not to that degree, but... I can't put myself in, in their position. I don't know what they're going through in, in Colorado. And to see him there, that still that had to be something. And in turn, finally, it, it made me think about Christopher Reeve, who probably was that way for many people. Not only because he was Superman, and he was definitely my Superman, and I'll talk more about that later, but after his accident and what he did for people with obstacles in their lives was huge. I saw the Man of Steel trailer from San Diego Comic-Con. Not the official one, but the one actually from the panel that had additional shots. And one of the shots is Henry Cavill in full Superman mode looking up in the sky, and it's a picture of his head. And it hit me. The music, the way he was looking, the, the grainy camera shot, it hit me. It hit me that when we see these characters come to life, it's nothing short of amazing. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, I mean, look how much Robert Downey Jr. loves his life right now. You know, we get a bit caught up in in how much money these movies make, the rush to review and nitpick and find faults. In movies that my 10-year-old self would fall apart over. Look, I love my comics. I love my heroes, and what they have given to me over the years. I can't imagine what I would have felt like or what my friends at the time would have felt like during junior high and grade school, junior high, and even high school if I had these movies to go to every year. Every year. So, do I really get caught up in, do these movies get create new readers? Or if a costume isn't right? Or who cares, you know, if they reboot a franchise every 10 years? I mean... Yes, there are people who are going to be entertained and, and are caught up in the excitement of it all. But inside, 
and certainly this is true of me, and that's really pretty much how, where I can speak from this. Inside, this, these movies mean something, and these comics mean something, and these characters mean something. And watching that trailer made me realize how important they are, and, and what they've done for me, and what they've, how they've affected who I am. And I really believe that if comics and comic-related media can do for younger generations what they did for me, then more people will have heroes. More people will know what is right, what is wrong. And perhaps, maybe they'll want to spread a little bit of that to others. His name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. I didn't do this on Friday, so I figured I'd do Feedback Friday today, on Tuesday, since I received some great, great feedback. I, I mentioned earlier my Superman. On Twitter, Naster from ComicBreak.com, I've talked about ComicBreak.com before they were doing an event in Texas a couple weekends back. Great place to buy comics, back issues, dollar bins, packs, sets, current comics as well at, at discounted rates. Uh, you know, definitely check it out, comicbrick.com. He, he had a question about who was your definitive Superman writer and artist, and or artist. This is going to be different for everybody. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't a conversation where I'm trying to find a uniform answer amongst all the listeners or all the feedback. I mean, this is, this is a personal question, right? There's no right or wrong in this, in this type of question. Your definitive Superman. And it was tough. I wasn't sure how to answer because I've, I've read through many Superman eras from, from good to great to bad to great again. I could certainly say the same about almost every character, every team, but it was hard. It was hard for Superman. I wasn't sure why. I mean, for Batman, it's easy. I know my Batman definitive artist. Uh, the one that's in my mind's eye, it's, it's Jim Parro. Uh, I mean, from from Batman and the Outsiders. I mean, even though I grew up with great, fantastic Batman artists, I had Don Newton, who is really underappreciated. I had Gene Colan as well. Again, fantastic, moody, atmospheric Batman comics. But for me, it really was Jim Aparo, the one that made Batman a superhero. His cape, his gadgets, the cow, the blue over the gray. That I mean, that's it. That's it for me. But for Superman, I don't know. I I like the feel of a Kurt Swan Superman. There's something comforting about that. Uh, and then, in the way that Neil Adams updated Batman, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez made Superman young, made him vibrant, uh, definitely an echo of the movies at the time. I was there for the John Byrne Superman revamp. I read a portion of the Dan Jurgens years. Uh, the Jeff Loeb McGinnis Superman made him big and bombastic and, and fun again. And Jeff Johns, his Superman with Gary Frank and others certainly captured a mix of just about every era. So for me, I've copped out and said, you know what, my Superman has always been the movie Superman. And by that I mean Christopher Reeve. He really, he is my Superman in look, in movement, in that killer smile. Everything brings me back to being in a drive-in theater and watching Superman the movie in late the late 70s, uh, whenever that was. And it's probably the reason why I was so affected by the Superman trailer that, had, that, I, that I had seen earlier. It brings me back to that time. It brings me back to what I remember feeling at that time. I think the first time I realized my sort of connection to Christopher Reeve, I was in New York 
living with my ex, and, and actually this was like sort of the final months that I was living in New York at the time, and we had this game night, she invited uh, cast members from the show she was in, and we were playing Celebrity, where you, it's, it's kind of like charades, a charades game, and we're, you know, two teams, and I inevitably always put in Superman or Christopher Reeve or someone, and my ex wasn't on my team, she was on the other team, and she pulled that and had to give the clue of who, you know, of Superman or Christopher Reeve. And she started doing Christopher Reeve in the wheelchair at the time. And I got it. I knew exactly what it is. And it was a, a moment. It was a funny moment and whatever. Later that night, this was October 10th, 2004. Later that night, we get a phone call from somebody and said, um, by the way, Christopher Reeve just died. You know, at first we're going, we didn't believe it. We thought they were playing a joke because of the game. and, and But no, it, he actually did pass away that night. And I remember reading on some comic sites at the time and people were writing these huge, elaborate posts about what he meant and, and how sad it was. And it overwhelmed me and I, I, I cried. I lost it. I cried. I pulled out my Superman ring. I wore it for years after that. And it... I don't know why, it was the first actor, uh, first actor death that hit me, and I realized why. It's because he was my hero. He was my Superman. I knew that. I knew that at the, I mean, at that moment, I, I knew it. And since then, it's not so much that he's my favorite character. There's just something iconic about what he means to comics for me, from the movie, the comics, the character itself. And that, that was something that was interesting to discover about myself at that time. And again, it's why I think I was affected by the trailer, of any trailer, even the Superman Returns trailer or the movie and cartoons, comics. Not my favorite character, but his place and what he means, and what he means to comicdom and what he means to me as a hero uh, is is very powerful. So that's... That's my answer to who is your definitive Superman writer slash artist. I, I really don't have anybody specific. I, I, for me, Christopher Reeve. So what is your definitive answer? What's your answer for that? Your definitive Superman uh, writer, artist. I, I would really love to, to hear that. Hey, Peter. I'm catching up with some old episodes. And my question for you is, you were talking about um, different uh, news uh, outlets for comic news and I guess my question is uh, is there well first off is it, I, I guess I should probably just follow one of them and I'm reluctant to follow um, a Rich Johnson for reasons I you know I'll explain to you someday but um, is there any place where I can get good solid I don't want rumors you know I just want to get good solid news like for instance Marvel now I have no clue I mean, I know that they're, it's not a reboot, but it's like a new direction or whatever. I don't know. I want to know more about it. I'm, I'm really curious. I'm really intrigued. But I, I don't really know anything about it, and I'd like to know more. And then, uh, you know, but just uh, news in general. And But good, solid news, I don't need, like I said, I don't need rumors and gossip, which, well, never mind. Uh, so any uh, suggestions you have there would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. So that was Bruce Rosenberger. 
He is the dean of comics podcasting. He's been solo voice podcasting and and ensemble podcasting here and there for many years. I have to imagine 2005. His podcast is Comics Cast, and that's with two Ks. And he's been doing short episodes for a while now on Comics Cast called on the fly, and just as Derek Howard is an inspiration when it comes to solo podcasting, Bruce Rosenberger has been doing these short episodes in the car on his iPhone for for a while now, and that was something I I put in my brain as as something I could do with the Daily Rio. So Bruce, you know, you're as well. You're one of those guys who really keep me going in in, in podcasting. So. Bruce is also the first in-studio guest, live, in-person, actually in the studio uh, for Comic Geek Speak. I, I don't remember when it was, 2005, 2006, but he actually drove down because he lived by, uh, he lived near where we recorded episodes, you know, good, maybe 40 minutes away, 50 minutes or whatever it was. So he was the first in-studio guest. It was great having him there. Uh, and he talks about comics and he talks about cartoon strips and a whole bunch of other stuff. So check him out, Comics Cast. I enjoy what he has to say. And I always like keeping tabs on on him through the the podcasting. Um, I asked him a while back about the complete Flash Gordon collections that have been coming out from Titan Publishing and IDW and which one he would recommend. I I ultimately am going with the Titan one, but he had some really interesting thoughts to say in recent episodes about the collections. He's really got a lot of knowledge on new strips. So I, I, I always turn to him when I have a question about that. And I want to read those Flash Gordon collections. I want to read them from the beginning. I can't wait to get my hands on them. I can't wait to see the artwork. So he sent me that audio clip in response to a couple episodes or something we said on the email. And first off, he's referencing Bleeding Cool a lot. And yes, Bruce, it is rumors. It is speculation. But it is also news. There is news in, in, in all of that. And I tend to filter out the stuff that I don't really care about in his writing or that I know is just sort of pandering to either get hits or, or reaction or whatever. Uh, but there there is concrete news to be found. And I also really appreciate when he goes out of his way to shame a publisher when they're not paying their artist or the whole Rob Granito uh, fiasco who was stealing artwork from people. Those kind of things aren't being looked at elsewhere. In fact, if they are being looked at, it's probably because they saw the news on Bleeding Cool. You know, I appreciate that. And and I like that kind of, quote-unquote, investigated, investigating method. So yes, there are some rumors on there, but he's recently, over the years, moved the site to be a comics news site. Um, my daily track on my bookmarks, my bookmark toolbar... It goes like this. When I wake up in the morning, this is this is usually what I go. I go to Yahoo for some quick news. I go to Huffington Post for more news, in-depth news. And then I hit the comic news sites. And I hit comic book resources. And by the way, Bruce, if you want to find out information about Marvel Now and all the revamp uh, stuff going on with them, find an article on, on comic book resources. And then they ultimately will have probably a tag at the bottom that will say Marvel Now or San Diego Comic-Con. And then you'll get a whole list of articles about that. So comic book resources, Bleeding Cool, I mentioned. And then I hit other websites, Comic Related, Chuck Moore's Comic Related. We'll have some some things on there, press releases and some other opinion things that I, that I like to look at. Comic Vine, G-Man and Sarah and a whole bunch of other 
contributors there. Uh, I, I enjoy Sarah's newscast, and they do some reviews on there, and there's some really great... It's a, it's, it's a good reference website, so I do enjoy that. Vanita Rogers, probably my, probably my favorite comic, online comics news person. I think she does fantastic interviews. I think she really gets to the meat of a lot of questions without, a, without an agenda. She does it because she enjoys comics, and, and she's smart, and she, I just love the way she writes, and she's just interesting. She's an interesting uh, comics contributor and, and, and commentator. She's over at Newsarama. And then from there, it's all podcasts and Twitter. That's really ultimately where I find a lot of my news. My other bookmarks, then I go you know, to my blog, Facebook, Twitter, my email, uh, YouTube, to all my subscriptions on YouTube, which I may talk about one day. And then um, I also go to ComicBookDB a lot, ComicBookDB.com, for all of my information and reference stuff of, of comic covers, of creative teams... Uh, I use that site a lot. So ComicBookDB, check it out. You can search by names and creators. You can see a chronological list of what creators have done uh, or, or character appearances. You can do searches by cover dates. It's, it's a fantastic website. Uh, you should really check it out and, and go contribute there. So that I, there are probably other websites that I'm not even thinking about at the moment, Bruce, but those those three, Comic Book Resources, Comic Related, Comic Vine, maybe give Bleeding Cool a chance again. I, I know there's a story there that may, you'll tell me, I'm sure. Uh, but if not, you know, no worries. And then uh, follow, you know, Vanita Rogers on, on Twitter because uh, she, she has some great stuff. All right, let's get to the feedback from the episodes from last week. Now, these are from last week's episodes. Monday's episode on San Diego, this is from Murr, says, Short, sweet, and to the point, and a very good point it is, the death of that fan out in San Diego seemed to make make big news in the beginning and then got pushed to the back burner when all the celebrity and comic news started to come out. It's sad. Like, both heartbreakingly sad, but also head-shaking sad. These types of crowds at San Diego are nothing new. Surely there's a better way to build hype than expecting fans to wait for hours and days in a line for a one-hour panel. So that's from Murr about uh, what, what's going on out in San Diego. I, I, I'm not offering much more to that. I, I think I've said what I said, and I'm curious to see what happens. It's not my responsibility to come up with a solution. I'm not the one who runs that convention. I'm certainly not the one who uh, is, has now been put in a position to sort of face what happened um, and if, if all they did was was acknowledge it and that's it, then that's a shame. But I have to imagine they are probably uh, talking about it and discussing it. And we'll, we'll definitely see if something comes out of all that. From the TMI Tuesday episode. <laughs> I told you guys not to listen. Dave S. says, took off the headphones for the junk question, but high five from Minka Kelly. And he also just told me that, uh, I guess, uh, there's a Minka Kelly sex tape that's out there. And, uh, yeah, I'll be wanting to see that. Uh, Murr, again, says, excellent episode. Satisfied my National Enquirer itch without forcing me to go out to the grocery store and pick one up. Chris Beckett said, made me laugh. Thanks for sharing, I think. And Chris from Denver, just got done listening to the Daily Rios. And, ew, gross, TMI, geez. Well, that's, and that was the name of the episode. 
For the New Comics Wednesday episode last week, Chris Beckett, again, he says, Always enjoy New Comics Wednesday. Loving the sci-fi renaissance. The Massive Didn't Grab Me, Concrete and Dark Horse Presents, always a thumbs up. And the new P-Car is intriguing. American Splendor is so full of emotional depth, you'd appreciate it. I, I know I would. I've seen multiple collections out there. I just haven't attacked them. I'm, I'm kind of one of those readers who... I enjoy reading a body of work in progression. Certainly in, in publishing chronology, but in chunks as well. Like right now I'm reading... Grant Morrison from the Animal Man days uh, on forward. And I mentioned a while back that I really want to watch all of Woody Allen's movies. So it's the same thing with Harvey Picar and Love and Rockets. You know, I, I sort of want to get all that stuff and then read it as it grows. I think there's something interesting in that. I love continuity in the sense of a creator's growth. So uh, American Splendor, uh, Harvey Picar, I definitely am putting him on my list of must-reads. And Murr, for the same episode, says, Hey Pete, I saw the Rip Hunter showcase. I'm so glad that DC is continuing to put their sci-fi stories into print in some format. You're right that they won't change. You're, you're right that they won't change your world, but they're totally fun to read. I started picking up back issues of My Greatest Adventures back when I was collecting Doom Patrol appearances, and now I'm slowly working on picking up as many of those old issues as I can. There's something pretty cool about late 50s, early 60s DC that you just can't find anywhere else. And I totally agree. There is a wealth of fantastic, fun, silly Silver Age comics coming out of DC at that time. And I, I really want to try to read as much as I can. You know, I really need to get into those essentials and showcases. Uh, Matt over on CGS uh, a while back, last year even, gave me a whole bunch of essentials for the Marvel Universe. And... Um, I really, because you can do this with Marvel more so than you can with DC, I want to get as many of those early essentials that I can, and I want to read the Marvel Universe as it was being built and released uh, back in the 60s. So, you know, an issue of Fantastic Four, and then whatever Spider-Man issue came out, and then whatever Iron Man, so, you know, as it built. I think that would be really fun and fantastic, and uh, would be... Similar to, I guess, the when Marvel put out that Marvel Saga series in the 80s where they took a look at their own history and pulled from a whole bunch of different eras and tried to put their universe in a chronology from the start of the Big Bang to, to I guess, when Galactus first came to, to the Earth in Fantastic Four. I think that's where they stopped. I just think there's something fascinating about watching a universe being built, and I think you could do that through the Marvel Essentials. So that may be something I look uh, look at doing as well. Uh, this is from Thursday's episode. Where's Peter's episode? Murray, uh, again, and I think this is this is Murray Fox. I think uh, he's Murr from those other ones. He says, thanks, loving the podcast, by the way. Love the format, love the length. Love getting to hear your voice and opinions once again. Love, love, love it, thanks. Uh, thank you, Murray, for listening and supporting. And uh, I'm really having fun with the format as well. Over on Twitter, Bill Dowdy sent me a reply and says, loving the simple podcast verite approach. Keep up the good work. And he nailed it. That's You know, I, I, I couldn't ever really think of a way to describe what I wanted to do with the Daily Rios. And when he said that, that it hit. That's not what I always want to do for every episode, but ultimately, there is a feel of that, that whole podcast verite, cinema verite approach. When, he's finally, when he put it into words, I, I thought, yes, thank you, Bill Dowdy, great, he nailed it. He made it solid in my brain, so thank you, Bill, for, for 
choosing those words. And finally, from last week, uh, from Friday's episode, Scott Lugwood in California says, Well done, and Al Sedano says, Nice last words. Is it sad that I'm more shocked when that happens than expected? Al is talking about the Friday episode, which is in reference to the situation out in Colorado. And I replied back and I said, and this is something I, I truly believe, even though I have my heroes, as I said in the beginning of the episode, and I want them to change the world around us and, and that we should all be who we are and we all should be ultimately good to each other. It, is that the majority? I don't know. So while what happened in Colorado is, is so tragic and shocking, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that there are still people like that. Even in this day and age. I mean, it's obvious. You can't, you can't read the news. You can't see p- the way people interact in real life and, and think that, that they're not the majority. So, it's a shame. It is dark. It is a little pessimist- pessimistic, I guess. But because of that, I hope that I can do what I do to maybe make things good as much as I'm able to. That's really... All, uh, how I can put it. Yeah, Al, you know, it is shocking and it is, it's, it's horrifying. And uh, But there are people like that. And uh, there will continue to be people like that uh, for whatever reason. So, anyway. To wrap up, uh, there were some miscellaneous comments. Kevin Revive left me a note on archive.org where the episodes are. He says, Peter, it is great to hear you on a regular podcast again. I think it is time to bring back Stump the Rios, he says. <laughs> Stump the Rios was created by Brian Deemer on the first episode of Comic Geek Speak, so unfortunately I can, that's not mine. I do love my trivia, and I think they could have found a way to replace Stump the Rios even better than they have over on CGS. They, they could have opened it up to all the geeks, could have made for some fun discussions and who would have got the question right and so on, but they went with uh, Muddle the Murd now, uh, another trivia segment. Something this was a lot of fun, and I do love my trivia. I'm sure I'll incorporate it some way in future comics, strictly comics-related podcasts when I start doing those. So to close out, if you have if you have a podcast and you have a 30 second to 50 second, no more than a minute promo, audio promo, send it to me, and I'll play it on the show. I'm a big fan of, of spreading the love uh, for other podcasts. That's that's how I feel podcasting grows. I certainly did that a lot on CGS, and I'll continue to do that here. And for anybody who wants to either send me a promo or any kind of feedback, you can now use Peter at thedailyreels.com. The website is up, thanks to Philip Duncan of superheroes-r-us.com. You can follow him on Twitter, all about Duncan. He knows a lot about websites. He helped me set up the dailyreels.com, the RSS feed, all of that. It is out there. The website is up. I'm playing around with it. I just submitted the uh, podcast to iTunes, and they emailed me back and said everything's good. So in a couple days, that'll you'll be able to do a search, and it'll be up on iTunes. You'll be able to subscribe. There are a number of episodes on now. I'll have to dump in some of the earlier ones, but you can pull them from you know Twitter or the website as I update it. So thank you, Philip, once again for all of your help. And real quick before I go, if you don't know, on Twitter about a couple months back, I started a fundraiser to send webcomics creator and all-around awesome guy, Julian Lytle, uh, 
to MorrisonCon out in Las Vegas. It was a pledge drive, and because he is a huge Morrison fan, and if anybody should be at a Grant Morrison convention, it is Julian Lytle, because of the amazing way that he dissects comics and talks about comics and talks about Grant Morrison. He needs to be there. So I started a pledge drive, put it out through Twitter, got a lot of support. The ticket is purchased. His ticket, his hotel, purchased, done. I have the confirmation. He, he'll get the information. It is done. It's been done for a while. The second stage is getting his flight out there. And we are, we are about 40, 40 to 50% on that. If anybody wants to help contribute, if you know Julian Lytle from Twitter, from his webcomics Ants, if you know him from his various appearances on Comic Geek Speak and other podcasts, if you know him from forums, you, and you appreciate his contribution to the larger discussion of, of comics, and you can help out, that would be amazing. You can email me again, peter at thedailyrios.com. I'm not looking for huge amounts for the initial pledge drive for the ticket. I was only asking for $10. Some people gave more, some people gave less. But if you're able to contribute at all, this is just something... I, I just want Julian to be there, and he will be there. His ticket is, is, is done. I'm just uh, getting up money now for, uh, the, for the plane now. And then uh, from there, once he has a plane, once he has a ticket... He is there, and he's going to have a great time. And uh, like I said, we're about forty-five to forty fifty percent into the plane ticket. Anything that's uh, that I need to cover beyond that, you know, I'll do that. That's that's not a problem. And the organizers, by the way, of Morrison Con, this is being held in September in Las Vegas. They actually pitched in too initially for the ticket, which was amazing. So this is a real deal. This is a real thing. It's and um, uh, it's just something I wanted to do for Julian because I think he, of all people, deserves to be there. So, if you need any inf- more information, Peter at thedailyreels.com. That's it for Feedback Tuesday. <laughs> I will see you tomorrow for New Comics Wednesday. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. 